Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. And this book is called Relations, an anthology of African and diaspora voices. And the author is with me right now. Her name is Nana Akua Bruhammond. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you for coming. All right. So Nana or Nana, is it Nana? Well, well um, if my dad's calling me, it's Nana. <laughs> it's Nana, Nanequa. The full name is Nanequa. But if you, you can feel free to call me Nana. No, Nanaequa. Nanaequa. Kind of thing. If you call me Nanaequa, think of it as like. Nanaequa. 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 I got it. And we need to, you know, I say this all the time, you know, uh, colonization is the laziest of all things, because what it does is it boils people's whole humanity down for someone else's comfort. And we should never let people be comfortable with, you know, erasing our humanity, erasing our culture. And so when people are immigrants, you know, in America, they change their names so that they can fit in. But the thing that makes America great are all of the pieces that are unique to it. The folk that come with their jollof rice and with their curry and with their different, you know, arroz con pollos and their, you know, their fried rices and all of the things that makes America amazing because you can go place to place and experience something. And so thank you for the, the lesson and how to say your name. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> Nanakwa. Nanakwa. Like if you're Nanakwa. Say- Nanakwa. Okay, I got it. I got yeah, it. I got and, it. Nanakwa. And stress on the A. a. Like Nanakwa. Nanakwa. Yeah. The Brew Hammond, I'm imagining you married an American black man. <laughs> no. Um, that is an interesting story. I was asking my dad um how we came upon that um last name. And it's just a family name. It's been in the family, at least a, as far as his great grandfather. So yeah, in in um in lots of parts of Africa, but um in Ghana in particular, um if you lived on the coast and had some sort of interaction with the white settlers um that came that came to the place, um there was I people either changed their last names for business purposes, mm. probably part of what you're talking about to to make it easier to work with people um uh internationally. They also changed their last names for religious reasons. If they converted to uh, Christianity, um, then they also changed their names because they just liked the names. So if your last name was like Atta, you might be like, well, Arthur, that kind of sounds like Arthur. I'm going to change it to that. And then so you have a whole bunch of um, and then there were there was intermarriage as well. So you have a whole bunch of Ghanaians with last names like Vanderpoy and Brew Hammond and you know, Ellis. Um, wow. You know, hmm, there's so much here and we haven't even scratched the surface of your book yet, which is powerful. You start off, you know, and I'm like, Oh, this book is saucy, you know, with this uh, interaction you had with this stranger and yeah. you guys <laughs> are conversing and, and getting intimate and he's from Morocco and, and you're, you know, an American immigrant who was, you know, basically raised in Ghana. And you, you, he says he's never been to the continent of Africa. And you're like, uh, uh? <laughs> like 
uh, Morocco is in Africa, and he's arguing with you about that. And then you had to draw a map for him. Please, th- this can't be the only time this has happened, because this happened to me too. Tell, tell us about this story. You know, it's so funny because... Um, it, I was not expecting that. Um, I was like you, as, like you just mentioned, I was at a party, had nothing to do. I was not thinking about identity. I was just trying to, you know, have a good time. And I, you know, I'm having this like little flirtatious conversation with this man. And um, when he tells me he's from Morocco, like my eyes light up. I'm like, oh, I'm from Africa too. And he's like, oh, but I'm not African. I've never been to Africa. And I was just like, what? And it was, um, it was really strange to me. And it was something that like, I couldn't stop thinking about. Um, Obviously years and years later, I wrote about it, um, but it was just something that kind of um, set me to thinking um, a little bit more deeply about like why, why there is this um, sort of stubborn, desire to distance um, from Africa um, and the African identity. Um, I went through it as a kid, you know, like I'm here, you know, saying to you, but when I was a kid, like that, that name was like the secret that was like Pandora's box secret. Like, oh my gosh, like I was so embarrassed of that name. And um, now I'm just, um, I'm so proud of it. And it's one of the reasons why Um, Sometimes I'll have people say, oh, you know, we don't need to use your middle name. And I'm like, well, first of all, in Ghana, um, Ekwa is not considered a middle name. Like it's my name is Nane Ekwa. But yes, for the purposes of living in the United States, it it functions as my middle name. And I'm like, no, but you don't understand. Like Nana Bruhamond is Nana Bruhamond. Okay, it has some meaning to it. But when I say Nane Ekwa Bruhamond, even the way it's spelled, it means I'm a funty girl you know, I am, you know, born on a Wednesday. Um, it just says so much. And, um, and so that's why I make sure that it's like, it's, it's my name, you know, it's on yes. the books. It's not Nana E. Brew Hammond anymore. It's Nanequa Brew Hammond. Nanequa Brew Hammond is here. Relations is the book. As, as I'm reading and going through this experience that I'm having personally and connecting the dots, for myself. I had a wild experience a few weeks ago. I interviewed a woman, Adina Bayou from Liberia. And so now she, she came to America at at United States at the age of 12, but Liberia is a strange place because it was settled and colonized by ex enslaved people to the point. She said that if you were a native indigenous Liberian, you can't run for president. I'm like, how wild is that? Your capital is after an American president, Monroe, Monrovia. And it's wild to be a an American person enslaved, going, settling to Liberia, displacing the people there, and then coming back. Like, and we have right now this kind of weird, and it's it, I know it's it's not healthy, this, you know, foundational black American versus the people who come here from Africa and other places who are black. And it's like blackness. We were born in that water into blackness. No matter where you are in the world, you are a part of a culture. You're part of a, a, a mind frame, even if you come from Africa. But do you feel that way? I, I feel that way. I feel, I feel yes and no. And I think that that's part of what, um, 
I love about this book, um, Relations, is because it just shows the diversity of like where we come from. Um, but at the same time, I think it's a complicated, it's it's complicated because um, on one hand, no, do we all think alike? Do we all feel alike? I'm, 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 I am like, there are people who will say that because, you know, my last name is Brew Hammond, like, am I authentically, you know, African, but I'm like, no, there are generations of people who were, you know, born on that soil and or not. I, I also feel that, you know, um, African-Americans are Africans to me, you know what I mean? And I think that um, we need to sort of stop trying to, yes, there is an umbrella, but we need to stop forcing everyone to act the same way or look the same way or perform the same way under that umbrella. Oh, it's enough I, to just, no, no, not you. No, no, no. But I just need to be clear. I we're individuals. We have fingerprints for a reason, Absolutely. but blackness was created in opposition to whiteness to denigrate black for humanity, for eternity. Exactly. So, and, and I, so we need to come together, unify, exactly. even if you be your, if you're doing your jazz hands under the umbrella, whatever you're doing under the <laughs> umbrella, we need to unify under this banner that was formed to put us in a particular place because that's I our strength. Think that is, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I think that that's what I was trying to get at with that um, introduction, with that interaction with the Moroccan man, because um, I mean, I know that North African um, identity is, is a little complicated due to, you know, um, there's also um, Arab ancestry in there and there's just a whole mix of things, but the, but again, as you're saying, there has been um, a concerted effort to denigrate Africa and what comes from Africa and who is African. And I think that um, if we like coming to like that realization then helps us get to that place where we realize like, okay, yes, we're all doing our different things under the umbrella, but we have common cause and let's come together and use um let's let's unite to dismantle um these stereotypes these oppressive um and dangerous um uh ideologies and assumptions about who we are so that we can do the work of being who we are you know i think um it's tony morrison who made the comment that um racism distracts and I feel that so much like at the core of my soul. I'm like, dude, like there is so much to me. There is so much to me. And I don't want to be focused on just this one thing to to help you understand me. I want to live my life. I want to live the fullness of it. I want to go to a party and have a drink and flirt with a man and not be like, but you're African, too. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Get it together, y'all. Learn some things. Yeah. Nanequa. Uh, Brew Hammond, Nanequa Brew Hammond. I gotta, I gotta get used to that. My tongue has to get used to Nanequa. Relations, an anthology of African and diaspora or diaspora voices is the book. I want to get back to this continent thing because even the name Africa is not something I'm sure the people who were there called it. I'm sure it wasn't called that. Nigeria is literally the land of the blacks. <laughs> it's like, why did y'all change that? All right. So I just feel very strongly about that. 
But I'm thinking Rupert Murdoch did this movie, and I remember I was at the at SiriusXM, and they had the cast in the bubble. You know, they were interviewing the cast of Exodus, <laughs> Gods and Kings, uh, a film set in Egypt, ancient Egypt at that. And I go by the the, the glass bubble, and I'm like, uh, number white people in there, like. So he he got some backlash, and this dude Rupert Murdoch, who's a billionaire, owns a bunch of media media that's supposed to disseminate information to the people. Here's what he tweeted. Moses film attacked on Twitter for all white cast. Since when are Egyptians not white? All I know are. Yeah. Not just Arab, because we can have this discussion about what is an Arab. You know, we can have this discussion about are Italians really white because you know, the Carthage and Hannibal and the Moors. Let's talk, talk about the Moors in Spain, like Spain and Africa this close. Race is a made-up construct. Of course, people intermingle. They have relations. They have children. We're all humans. This white-black thing is so counter. Well, it, it serves the, the, the power structure, but it's yeah. so counter us. So I'm I like, know. this is crazy. And, and I love I just want to quickly interject and say I love that you made that statement because I about relations being so who we are like you can say like oh I don't like that but you do like that because you had a baby with that <laughs> you know what I mean like and I feel like I mean there's so much I mean I, th- there's so much to that as well and that was all you know um intermingling wasn't always by choice often wasn't by choice in certain um um, situation in many situations but the idea of someone saying okay you're three-fifths human but then sleeping with you I'm like okay so you into sleeping with three-fifths humans so to me that tells me that you fundamentally either are not questioning your own ideas or you know it's bs but because you want to prop up the power structure and because it serves you, it behooves you to behave in this way and to create this ideology. So I think relations expose our the lies that we tell ourselves. And it also um, gives me hope. It's hopeful because at the same time, in that uniting, there is the hope of true connection that forces us to to. to to just sort of fess up and say, you know what? I like that. I like you. (laughs) Let's get to know each other. You know, let's admit that, you know, we're all in this together. Ah, the book is called Relations, an anthology of African diaspora voices or diaspora voices. You collected a lot from different writers, right? So I love the body is more than a landfill and less than all that I am by Sarah and I can't pronounce her last name. I probably can, but do that for me, please. Well, I hope I don't butcher it, but it's Sarah Uhaida. Okay. Sarah. Yes. So how did you find her and the rest and all, uh, all of the writers, um, black African, most of them seem based on the names to be African. How did you yes. assemble so- this amazing group of people? So um, I am a writer in these streets, an African writer in these streets. So, um, you know, I've been, um, you know, sort of building a community for years. And so I tapped my community first. Um, I also asked for suggestions among the community. Um, I also looked to, um, there are um, 
you know, um, I looked to African anthologies and I read a little bit and I said, okay, wow, this person is an amazing writer. I'd never heard of them. Let me, you know, let me see if they'd be interested. I also looked at, um, you know, um, former um, Kane Prize winners or um, the Miles Moreland scholarship um, recipients or finalists. I just kind of looked everywhere um, African writers are. I, there's also an incredible um, festival, two incredible festivals that happen on the continent that I've a part that I've been a part of. One is um, the Pija Literary Festival in Accra, and the other one is the Ake um, Festival in uh, Lagos in Nigeria. And um, both of those bring writers from across writers, translators, editors, all kinds of book industry people from across the continent. And I've been um, a few times to Peja and twice to Ake. So I've met people. So I just kind of, again, just tapped that, that resource. Um, and yeah, I was so happy um, with what uh, I was able to um, collect. I, this is important, you know, growing up, it was, it was things fall apart, you know, that's our introduction. Most black, black Americans, particularly those that were English majors, you know, things fall apart is what, you know, Chimwa, I'm probably not saying his name right. KB, is that? Achebe. Achebe, okay. Um, but African writers, you know, like there's children of blood and bones, like there's, there's some, you know, coming through. Uh, mostly in the novel space, you know, but I'm sure that the voices have something to say, like Juno Diaz in The Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde, you know, like there's, there's things that we can glean from this. So I'm grateful for this anthology because it allows me to go down these rabbit holes and then go, oh, what else have they written? And continue. Exactly. That is my hope. I was like, you know what? I mean, I, if, if, dream of dreams. I was like, I would like three writers from every single country on the continent and every um, diaspora um, representation. And I was just like, you can't, like, that's the thing. Like, even if you have three of, of every, you're still not gonna be able to cover it. And so my hope is that it, it just lights a fire under the reader to one, find out more about um, these writers in particular, but find out more about what's happening on the continent. Um, like I said, there are, I mean, I only, I've only been to Ake and um, Peja, but there are tons of literary festivals on the continent. And um, you will just, I mean, if you, you if you think you're going down a rabbit hole now, you can go down a rabbit hole of Kenyan literature, of, you know, uh, Botswana, like there's just so much. Um, and that's what I want um, writers to start, um, sorry, readers um, to really start exploring. And um, to understand too that like, I think there, and I love that Shimamanda Adichie, um, you know, talked about like the danger of the single story. And um, I want readers to understand that like, there is no monolithic African story. Um, read widely and you will find all manner of styles, um and 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 content i think that's the goal though right that's how you erase people is by distilling it down to you know one thing and then you you put that one thing out as if it's the only thing 
you know so when you think about the continent of africa the thing that is so frustrating for me now is like you, you you're raised in a space you know every passover there's the story uh on tv the ten commandments with charleston heston you know white man playing moses married to sephora african looks like a white woman you got the egyptians Yul brenner i love him but he's not at, you know and i'm like so either white looking people built the pyramids or aliens but it's impossible that they could have looked like you or even me you know and i've been you know my my lineage has been uh, you know dappled in but it's frustrating because generations go and you drive through Accra and you see white Jesus on billboards. So there's yeah. something really damaging about not seeing yourself in these positions of not just power and great ingenuity, but divinity, even yeah. divinity. It's yeah. wild. I, I think that, see, I think what is, um, that is true. Um, but I, I think something that is um, a bit of a nuance um, in the experience of living on the continent is that um, uh, the interaction with race or the idea of race is a little bit different. Yes, there is white worship in the sense of, hey, a white man, you know what I mean? There is that, there there are aspects of the culture that kind of kowtow to that. Um, but overall, um, it is not necessarily, though it can be, this uh, um, idea that, oh, I'm Black and I am unable to make something of myself or make something of my life. Um, and I think that that, um, just, I say that to say that um, within that context, um, it's, it's complicated because yeah. there is the idea that, you know, the white man can give me something, can do something for me, has the money, has a, but there isn't necessarily the sense that I be, therefore I can't do. I, I don't think black Americans think that at all. No, I don't, I don't think that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that I think that when you see a picture of white Jesus in Accra, it may not have the same meaning as it does in another context where it's like, I've only seen white Jesus because. Who is it there for? I went during the Christmas holiday a few years ago and it was white Santa Claus, which I thought was weird. I'm like Santa Claus in Africa. Like what chimney is he coming down? <laughs> like what make this make sense? There was skin bleaching which I understand yeah. is a billion dollar industry in Africa and Asia, which is weird. And white Jesus, which yeah. is weird. So I'm like, what is happening here? So is yeah. this for the white tourists? <laughs> is it yeah. like, who's it, who's you it know, for? That, you know what? You, you're right. You make a great point because skin bleaching is a big thing there. And, um, and I mean, there are black Santas too, but even the, the having of the Santa is, um, I mean, that's not how we, uh, you know, sort of traditionally or, um, native, you know, it's not um, autochthonous to, to the Ghanaian culture. Um, but I think that's, that's part of the messiness of relations, right? Right. The messiness of once you have contact with someone or something, it leaves a residue. 
And that's the messiness of it, right? Because there are also things in American culture that are black, <laughs> you know what I mean? That are African, that maybe they don't admit it, but it's like, come on, you know what I mean? That that has its roots or or Native American or or what have you. And I think um, those are the things we need to interrogate. I, I mean, there were, there were many things that were presented by, um, you know, the white people that came, but these are the things that stayed for whatever reason. Yeah. Why? I'm, I don't know. America doesn't even hide the rock. You know, you got Nevada, Arizona, <laughs> California. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. We're not even going to change the names <laughs> and stuff. We just go and just <laughs> Broadway is an Indian uh, Native American trail in New York City. They didn't even change the, you know, the path of that. It is living in hypocrisy and conflict is, is a, a hell of a thing because it forces you almost into delusion because you kind of, you have to ignore it to do something about it. Right. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're, you know what, having this conversation, I'm like, yeah, like it is, I think that's the rub. That's, that's always going to, that's the rub because again, um, you're right. Like I'm thinking when you started talking about um, New York state, like Adirondacks, like there's so much the Cuyahoga, you know, I mean, there's so much um, that is um, reflective of the fact that like, it wasn't just, you know, white people who found this place and, you know, and did it and, and did the thing over here. And so it's like, how do we grapple with um, those ghosts? And how do we um, make the atrocities right? Mm. How do we, um, how, like, how do we in our context right now um, admit that like, well, we're related, you know what I mean? And what are the implications of those relations? Like, what are the real implications rather than trying to, rather than running away from it and being afraid, um, what are the real implications of that? You know, I think those are the questions that we need to be asking, because I think people feel um, like like with this whole um, critical race theory conversation, I'm like, dude, like what what are you afraid of? Like it, it's like, I mean, I know what you're afraid of, but so let's state why? it. What are they afraid of? What's yeah, the fear? But to me, I think why why can't we have the conversation of things that happened not so that it's not, I mean, there's nothing we can do about what happened then, but we can do something now. Absolutely. But I mean, anyway, so, we're going no, no, but no, 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 yeah. we're, we're in, we're in relation right now. We're in relation, <laughs> yes, relations and an anthology of African and diaspora voices. Nenekua, Nenekua, Brew Hammond is hyphenated. What is the fear? Because I think we have to be able to say it out loud and then repeat it back to them. You know, your fear is yeah. what if your yeah. children learn the actual facts and truth of the foundings of this country and the contributions of all of the people that came here from the Africans to the indigenous people to the Chinese that built the railroads that you excluded with several acts and then wouldn't let them bring any women over because you didn't want them to reproduce. And then all of the stripping away of culture, cutting Native Americans hair and stripping them of their language to the point that there's very few 
people alive that can even speak the multiple tongues of, of the indigenous folk that were here before, uh, the beating, the brutalization of all of the folk that have come here from other places. And then Ellis Island, you just change people's names, just, just, you know, just put them into this one category and then made them graduate into this thing called whiteness. Those that could, you know, it's, it's crazy. What's the fear? Yeah. What's the fear? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, 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 a, it's the kind of question that you have to meditate on because there's so many there. The answer is not an easy one. I think that's part of why there's like a knee jerk reaction um, because there is fear of, well, if I admit this, then what does it mean about me? What does it mean about what I have? What does it mean about what I've been told? Um, and by the way, this is something that has happened throughout um, civilization. I, I remember I was in um, Amman, Jordan several years ago and I went to um, one of their sites, um, their, you know, their tourist sites, historic sites. And it was just like, oh, well, this is the ruins that was built after the Byzantines came, but then before the Byzantines, it was these people who came in and then destroyed what the Romans did. And it's like each time a new empire comes, they want to destroy the memory of what was done before and what was left um, and re rebuild and recreate and create a whole new um, mytho mythos, if you will, um, ethos. Um, and I, I, it bothered me because I was like, dude, you're like messing up the city. Like, come on, like somebody did something like <laughs> instead of breaking everything down, like build on it and then give them credit or, and take the potential. You know, renovate, yeah. you know? Yes. But um, but there's a lot of um, ego and pride and and um, and stuff that goes with that, like just human nature. Um, so I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I think that it's a question that we all have to meditate on and daily just sort of in our interactions with one another, like how do we, how do we get past that fear, those fears? Listen, by saying it's okay and to live like you, I have enough. I just bought a home and the woman that had the home before me had this amazing uh, hydrangea bush. It's beautiful. And you know, she spent time pruning it. It is like a perfect circle. It pops just like popcorn in the summer and I'm renovating but I'm going to preserve that bush because that woman took time and I want to honor the time that she put in. I'm not just going to dig it up and toss it to the side because it's beautiful. And I'm going to remember her every time I look at it because this, you can see the work that she put into it. And I feel like if we honored all of the things here with that same kind of energy, why would I destroy something that somebody took so much time to make beautiful? So that I, so I could put my thumbprint or my footprint on it. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. 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 I think there's such a, there's like a cosmic insecurity that plagues human beings. We're all trying so hard to, again, leave our, leave, leave something behind. And that can, you know, manifest itself in the most destructive ways. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, that's why they have to erect so many statues, huh? Uh, yeah. So so on your cover of Relations, it's a beautiful artistic, there's two faces, They're, they are just amazing. Tell me about the cover. Did you, what did, what did you have to do with this? I had nothing to do with the cover. <laughs> they just, well, 
Um, you know, my editor sent me a few um, sort of mock-ups um, and, uh, you know, they were okay. They were, and then I, and then he showed me um, the two, um, I don't know who they are, sisters, the two cousins, the two relations, their heads um, touching one another, cocked at that beautiful angle of intimacy and yes. connection. And I was just like, love. And it, it just made so much sense. And now when I look at the cover, um, I'm just like, that's me and my sister. And I hope people feel that like with the, with the relations in their lives, like, you know, that, that connection, that intimacy. Um, I, I think it, that that's what this, this book is about. Like either you either having it or encouraging it. Hmm. Well, y'all, it's first of all, to make a beautiful coffee table uh, offering in your home, but in, also in the library. And I want to quickly shout out the yes. artist, um, Damilola um, Ayigbayo. I mean, I've never met him. I don't know, but just beautiful, beautiful work. When I got the book in my hand, I was just like, it's more stunning than the picture. So um, shout out to um, Ayigbayo, Damilola Ayigbayo. I love it. I love it. And this book uh, is is challenging me because you know the, we are conditioned to embrace a certain kind of writing from a certain kind of people, and we go to school and we get indoctrinated into Beowulf and call it a wild and all of these other tale of two cities. You know, we know these things, Shakespeare, but we don't ever get to sit with folk that you've assembled. And so I just want to thank you uh, for introducing us to a lot. I mean, there's a lot of writers in this, including you and you kick it off and you have another piece called trophy. What is that about? (laughs) Trophy. Um, Trophy to me is about, um, I just, without sort of um, exposing too many people or saying too much, I wanted to say that, um, you know, there is this um, feeling of um, just sort of abject insecurity um, about Blackness. And we often can get into a situation where when we come up a little bit, we want to immediately associate ourselves with um, whiteness. And, you know, it's interesting because I was reading something where I recently learned, or I I knew about this, but it hit different. I was watching um, uh, Henry Louis Gates Jr.'s um, Finding Your Roots, and he was talking about, um, you know, the fact that by law in um, parts of the United States, for a while anyway, the, um, if you had a child with a white woman, um, the, your children were no longer enslaved. They, they, the children followed the manner of the mother by law. And I was like, wow, like that memory, you know, stays with us, continues with us because, um, you know, you have a situation whereby, uh, again, when, when, when you come up a little bit and I just, I kind of wanted to, to just say to my brothers that like, it's not, this is not discounting love. Like, I think, you know, I have family members who are are married to um, white people and I'm like, you're my brother, I love you. It's not about that, I, you know, it's, it's love. Um, I have friends who, um, you know, are intermarried. I've dated 
white people. Everybody. You know, so she dated everybody, that. y'all. She'd be yeah, writing about yeah. it. <laughs> I just want to say all of that to say I am not against interracial coupling at all. Like, do your thing. Find love because we are all humans on this planet. Um, but I just want to just sort of let you know, um, as a Black person, let us know as Black people that we are the trophies. We don't need to go for um, something. We don't have to reach above on that shelf and say, like, that is what I need to, like, make me feel special or something. I'm the trophy. Um, so, yeah, that's what trophies about. Amen. Uh, Relations and Anthology of African and Diaspora Voices. You'll read all about it in the book. Nanekua Brew Hammond is the author. And I want to thank you for the work and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Yes. Y'all get the book. Get the book. Get the book. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.